1: An eerie sight For my monster from his slab Began to rise And suddenly To my surprise He did the match He did the monster match The monster match It was a Welcome into the post-game the reaction show Here on Mason Brew After Michigan um, How do I put this? Demolishes Pulls the pants down uh, Points and laughs at the Notre Dame Fighting Irish for the last time for 14 years. We'll see if they play sooner than that, but wow, what an effort by Michigan on Saturday night in Ann Arbor. I'm Anthony Broom, team site producer, managing editor, podcast host extraordinaire. It's just me today uh, recapping the the effort over Notre Dame, and I gotta tell you, let's just open up by saying this. If you want to call that the the best performance of the Jim Harbaugh era... I'm not going to argue with you. This team was focused. They came out right off the bat and kind of found found themselves and what they could do well. I think it took till garbage time for Notre Dame to get past a uh, hundred yards on offense. They damn near pulled off a Michigan State from last year. What an effort uh, from the players, the coaches, to take. A lot of mean things that have been said about them, written about them, some of them by me. I know people have said I've been harsh and critical, and, and I go back and you know I know I know what I wrote after the Wisconsin game, um, saying that the Jim Harbaugh era has become indefensible, and I still stand by a lot of that. Uh, but, but what we've seen since that game is a team that's that's sure of itself, it hasn't given up on Josh Gannis, hasn't given up on Tom Brown, hasn't given up on its head coach. And for one night, and it might just be one night for now, came out and showed us what hitting your stride looks like. Dominant on both sides of the ball. Offensive lines, defensive lines. My game ball, and really, look at the player of the game voting from from you guys, the readers, the listeners. Offensive line, by and large, the winners of this game. That's a Notre Dame front that, similar to Iowa, or similar to, you know, a lot of the teams they see, there's a couple NFL guys up front there. Khalid Kareem is an NFL guy. Julian Okwara is an NFL guy. On their offensive line, I believe coming into the game, they were the best pass-blocking offensive line in the country, or most efficient. Listen, I know that... uh, I know that they're sitting here at 6-2, and two and they've lost a couple games, and, and the season in terms of winning a Big Ten title is over. But someone forgot to tell Michigan that, because they came out and for four quarters played physical, smart football in the elements. That's what, That's the other thing. You figured that this was a Michigan team. Coming into this game, Notre Dame was a better running team than they are. And you figured if it was going to be a game that was put on the ground, that might favor the Irish. Which, by the way, that group didn't even look like it got off the bus. Michigan broke them, but they weren't ready to play that football game. Ian Book was 8 for 25. Weather was The weather was atrocious in the first half. Started to clear up about a couple minutes into the third quarter. Coincidentally, right around the time that uh John O'Neill's incompetent ass bullshit crew and I I don't want to swear too much on here, but that was what it was. That was a shit show from John O'Neill. So much so that he didn't he started to get the on off switch confused on his on his microphone. So we have a hot mic up in the press box and we're hearing them, you know. Uh, and and grunt, and, and all this stuff, and it was hilarious. So he had a hot mic for almost the entire third quarter, and then when he, he flips the mic to the off switch to announce the call, so he's not... The calls are not going live. The only thing that's going live is the sounds of him scratching his private parts and grunting after every play. That was hilarious, but... uh that crew kind of, you know, Michigan takes a 17-0 lead into the locker room. You're kind of thinking, you know what, I think the next score might do this for Michigan. They didn't get the next score. Brad Hawkins had an interception taken away from him on, uh, I mean, as phantom a, you know, as phantom a call as you'll see. Ben Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms, yo. Notre Dame goes drives down the field. This game turns into a, a twenty or a, a 17-7 affair. Towels rain down from the student section, which Michigan Athletics will never give the students towels again. Worth it. Still funny. But those are the type of things that... If, if anyone that tells you to officiating doesn't affect games, that let Notre Dame back in the game. But... To Michigan's credit, didn't matter. Came right back down, scored 24-7, never looked back. believe at one point they were up 45-7. to I'd have to go back and look. It ended up being 45-14. You broke them. I mean, with everything that's been said about Jim Harbaugh, said about the program, uh, they kind of turned around and, and took out their frustrations on Notre Dame on this night. Josh Gattis, I think his most complete effort, limited by the elements, obviously. But um, they got a, you know, they they stuck to it. The run game looked good. It was kind of a mixture of old and new. You saw some of Gattis' stuff in there. Definitely, Ed Warner's fingerprints were all over this game plan. And it's one of those things too where um, it just feels like he has a feel. He's starting to get a feel for this and call games as they are and not. How they'd like them to be. Yes, you'd like to impose your will, and they did impose their will. But they took something that was working for them, they stuck to it, it worked. And when they needed to dial something up aggressive, they did. Credit to them. An excellent effort from Josh Gaddis. And really, you know, a little, I won't say a fiery Jim Harbaugh, but aggressive and petty Jim Harbaugh was back. Not going to say he ran up the score in the fourth quarter, but he certainly wasn't going to sit back and and let his team slow down at all. This was a throwback effort on Saturday night. It was a rivalry game win, win over a top ten team, and I know that number can be skewed, but you know if Notre Dame's not in the top ten by whatever for one night, top ten win, underdog win. rivalry game win. Three boxes, three things that they've struggled to do. They did all three on one night. They deserve a ton of credit for that. I keep saying this. That is what hitting your stride looks like. You were dominant, you were aggressive. And I think what this game shows is that you know, that you didn't the numbers in those rivalry games, in the top 10 games, in the um, underdog games, whatever they are, big games, those numbers are what they are. Can't change them now. All you can do is chip away at them. But they did about as good and as thorough a job of doing that as as you possibly can. What happened before doesn't have to define you. You can be able to turn the page. And I think that's where early in this season, I think what this what really kind of put Michigan in a hole is that that Ohio State game last year broke them. In a lot of ways. But I think what we're finally starting to see, and for as much of a death machine as Ohio State is, what we're starting to see is a Michigan team that fights, that plays hard, and believes. You play like that for 60 minutes in your building... That's trouble. I mean, I don't. I don't care who comes through those doors. Especially that type of effort in the trenches, guys. Justin Fields gets hit a hit a lot. And if your offensive line can do can can mash Notre Dame like they did, you're going to give yourselves a chance. This game showed to me what this team, what this coaching staff, what these players, this program, whatever, is capable of when they play loose and sure of themselves. Because when they've gone on the road in those types of situations, they don't always do that. They play tentative. They play on their heels a bit. More often than not, that's why they've dug those holes for themselves. And in a weird way maybe the Big 10 championship and the College Football Playoff being off the table takes some pressure off of them cuz all you can do all you have to do is play football now. But this is the type of things they're capable of because they are talented enough. I don't want to I don't want to hear that there's a recruiting gap or anything like that. They have players there. This is what you're capable of when you stay out of your own way I thought that Don Brown called a, a a great game an excellent game and you you go back and look at the, the film a little bit it does seem like these last couple weeks we're not we're not tweeting nearly as much about crossing routes are we I don't think it's any coincidence that's because they're playing Dax Hillmore. Because Cam McGrone is is coming on as strongly as he is. 1.5 yards per rush. 4.6 yards per passing attempt. They are mixing some different looks in there. While staying aggressive. It is possible. It is possible to do that. Looked awesome there. And... I think when you look at this game overall, and I know these are kind of scatterbrain takeaways, you could make the argument that outside of the offensive line, the four best players on the field on Saturday night were Zach Charbonnet, Hassan Haskins, Dax Hill, Cam McGrone. All four of those guys are freshmen. Two of them true freshmen, two of them redshirt freshmen. Your young stars are making plays. And when people say, oh, the season's over, there's nothing to play for. There, there's That's a lot to play for. You've got two more years at least of all of those guys. And a lot of other young ascending talent behind them. Ronnie Bell, Mike Saner still. I mean, it's so it's it, Impressive. Like I said before, it looked like Josh Gaddis was more comfortable, more in command of everything. Didn't force anything. They took things for what they were. And then, like I said, they dialed some aggressive play calls up. Some of them threw the air. Shea Patterson only threw the ball 12 times in the night. He was 6 for 12. Not going to knock that. St- that stat line doesn't matter to me. It was a monsoon for two and a half quarters. It's awesome. It was an awesome effort, guys. I'm going to take a quick break here, uh, wrap up with some some other thoughts, and we'll be back here on the Mason Brew Notre Dame Reaction Podcast.
0: Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office.
1: And we are back here on the Mason Broom Notre Dame Reaction Podcast. Wolverines win 45-14 over the number 8 team in the country. Wow, that was fun. Um, I'm Anthony Broom here with you kind of chatting about the game, some of the general takeaways. Um, just kind of as we roll along, it's kind of a scatterbrain show, but um, it was such an emphatic and, and impressive win that there's just kind of takeaways from all all directions here. And like I said, I, I thought that the offensive line, namely the interior, I mean Cesar Ruiz, Michael wendell those guys were mashing all night long. Just blowing the Irish off the ball. We've been waiting for that all year. And to their to Michigan's credit, saw some more play calls similar to what got the run game going last year. I really liked what I saw out of those guys. And, and like I said, Notre Dame in the trenches on both sides of the ball. It's not, it's not Rutgers. It's not Illinois. Michigan was throwing those guys around. They found their one-two punch at running back with Haskins and Charbonnet. Again, a freshman and a redshirt freshman. Never in a million years did I think that uh, Haskins would come, emerge as the number two. Maybe be your like most talented back right now. That's impressive, and credit to the staff. I know people have kind of con- um, knocked their running back recruiting, but they just keep finding guys. And really, a lot can be said about a lot of those positions on the roster. Look at a lot of at a lot of who their quote unquote stars right now are. Do they do? They may it may be frustrating that they miss on some of those four and five stars. But what they they do hit at a fair clip against on those three star guys, and that's important. Those that's those guys are the backbone of your team. Those guys continue to make plays. I, I, I think the the main takeaway for me is just how. Just how aggressive they were when they needed to be. They didn't. Again, they didn't force anything. Didn't ask their team to do something it wasn't capable of. And you broke. You broke Notre Dame. You look at Notre Dame's schedule. This was the only thing. And We'll go through that as I pull it up here. This is really the only game that was keeping them from. Maybe sneaking back into the college football playoff, I I think with what's ahead of them, that was going to be pretty difficult to do. But, you know, after this game, they were going to play Virginia Tech, Duke, Navy, Boston College, Stanford. There's a good chance Notre Dame wins out. So they still maybe could get back into that top 10 by the time the year's over. This is not a scrub or a, a fraudulent football team. So, a team that made the college football playoff last year, with a lot of the same guys, lost some guys to the NFL, but th- that's how it goes. Now, if we're talking where this game ranks in you know Harbaugh's best wins, I mean, it's it's got to be it's got to be given what's been on the line and and it, like in the here and the now, I have a hard time saying it's not number one. Now, what will determine where this game falls in that packing order? Because right now, it's probably this game and that Wisconsin game back in 2016. Maybe some of those revenge tour games last year. What will determine if this was a turning point or not is if it was a turning point. You know, you look at their schedule, the next next three games that they play. They've got four games left now. They go to Maryland, they have a bye week, they come home and play a Michigan State team who is absolute garbage. They are horrible. A chance to drive the final stake in the Mark D'Antonio era. You go to Indiana, which that could be a dicey game, I'm not going to lie. Indiana, um, that's a team looking to win nine games this year. weird, wacky stuff happens when, when Michigan goes to Bloomington. So, be on a high alert for that. And then after that, you know what comes next, Ohio State. If Michigan wins out and does the unthinkable, can beat Ohio State, you can look at this win. Well, beating Ohio State would be the best win of the Jim Harbaugh era. But in a lot of ways, this could be the most important win because it set up a run down the stretch. This was kind of the swing game that was going to determine: are they going to be? Is the floor going to be eight and four, or is it going to be nine and three? I think the floor is nine and three right now. I don't. I don't see you losing to Maryland. I don't. I see you demolishing Maryland, honestly. I think you can break Michigan State. I don't know what that team's gonna look like by then. I know they'll wanna they'll wanna send somehow there might be some voodoo magic that Mark D'Antonio uses to have his team ready, but I'll be honest, I just don't see it. Drive a final stake in that era. Finally get rid of that zombie of a of a head coach. That might be the most fun game of the rest of the year, because I got news for you. If if Petty Jim is back, who's willing to run up the score and, and leave no doubt, whew, pray for the Spartans. There is a 0% chance, Michigan State. Well, I give it 5%. You gotta go down to Indiana, to take care of business. And you just need to keep improving. Ohio State, I know we're kinda waiting for them to plateau, but that's a they might be one of the two or three best teams in the country right now. And if you can come out, at least put a scare into them. Keep building on this. Get to a good bowl game. Get to a tenth win. The fourth. Basically what we're looking at right now. Michigan has a shot to win, get its fourth 10-win season in five years under Jim Harbaugh. And for his, for some of the things that I've said, that, that other people have said, for some of the, the, the fans who've been frustrated, 10 wins in four of the last five years, that's, that's impressive and not something you take for granted. I'm sorry. It's not good enough. But it ain't terrible. For at least one night we saw the potential of Michigan unleashed again. This wasn't a drubbing of a you know the thirteenth ranked Iowa Hawkeyes at home. It's number eight team in the country, Notre Dame, made the playoff last year, beat you last year. Like I said, that type of effort is going to give them a chance to make November thirtieth at the very least interesting. And at this point, I, I think that's all you can really ask for. I, I think if you were to say, if if we look today, who the who's in the playoff? I mean, the winner of Alabama LSU will be in the playoff. There's I I know there's a scenario where two both of them could be in. Oklahoma's done. Clemson's not going to lose. I think Ohio State would beat Clemson. I don't know. I, I think they could beat two of those teams. Especially if two is not healthy. Make make things interesting against Bama. They gotta get through now they have to get through Michigan first. Just like the only thing holding up Notre Dame was getting through Michigan only thing that might be able to hold up Ohio State now is getting through Michigan. And when you're a team that has nothing to lose and that's continuing to, to learn and play good football that's a scary that's a scary environment to come into. So all you can ask is that they continue to improve. Michigan continues to improve. like I said, I know what people said after Wisconsin that was a low point. And in some ways lower than the Ohio State game last year. It was eye opening. The things that were said about the program, about Jim Harbaugh, some of them were mean, some of them were very warranted. Last week was a close but no cigar effort, like, oh gee golly Willikers, This team sure did play well. Just couldn't get her done, fellas. They took all of the criticism, all of the close calls, and they shoved it right up Notre Dame's butt. you got a chance to go 10-2 and two here. A chance. That's all you can ask for is a chance. There's a lot of work to do. A lot of improvements that need to be made still. This can't just be a dominant effort in a vacuum. We need to see I, I, more. I'm a guy who I just want to see what happens next. And what, you know, I think you have a chance to, to go to Maryland next week, win another laugher, this time on the road, play 60 minutes on the road. That's the next goal. Go into your bye week, rest up, get healthy, go try and win two rivalry games at the end of the year. That's what hitting your stride looks like. My hat's off to Jim Harbaugh, my hat's off to the Michigan players, my hat's off to the Michigan fans who sat in the monsoon through all that last night. Everyone was on their A game on Saturday night in Ann Arbor. And you set the Irish home with their tail between their legs for another 14 years. How sweet that is. I wish they'd stop doing them favors and and not schedule them until they join a conference. But hey, we'll see what happens. My gut tells me we're going to see them play this series before then. It's just a gut feeling. You can follow me on Twitter at Broom. Follow the website on Twitter at Brew. You can... Download, subscribe to our podcast. Anywhere you get your shows Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Mason Brew Podcast. Michigan pulls the pants down of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. 45 14. Moves to 6 and 2 on the season. Rivalry win. Top 10 win. Underdog win. All three boxes checked off. Hats off to them. Hats off to the fans. Good job keeping keeping your season interesting. At this point, that's all you can ask for. We don't get that many of these Saturdays. So the, to, to make the ones that we do have fun, rules. That's awesome. I hope to see more of it. That team comes out and plays like this. It's going to be fun. And a lot of these guys are back next year. That'll do it for me. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again soon.